This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke Heaton, Henry Bieniemy. We are here for the next hour to unpack sports, faith, and life with the Unpacking It community of sports fans. It is the Monday following the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56. The LA Rams are your Super Bowl champs. Wow. The Cincinnati Bengals were impressive. They brought it down to the wire. They, they really had the lead for, for so much of the game. Felt like they took control of the game, but the Rams in the end were the better team, and we will discuss it all today on the show. All the different storylines, the big takeaways, the key moments, the key players. We'll do I'm convinced in just a few moments. What are you convinced of today in, in regards to the Super Bowl? We'll do tap drill, and I, I, I assume we'll, we'll get to some of this stuff before tap drill, but if not... We'll, we'll definitely discuss it during Tap Drill, the commercials, the halftime show, The Rock, and some of the other shenanigans that took place throughout the, the whole wonderful celebration. It's a great holiday. The Super Bowl is a great holiday. The food that we consumed, we'll discuss it all. And, and so uh, excited to do so. Thanks to those of you watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those of you that listen later on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and anywhere else podcasts uh, are listened to, we appreciate that. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to our weekday devotional that we call Unpack This. In just a few moments, we will do the uh, podcast version of Unpack This. Today's topic, did Cooper Cup deserve to win the MVP? Did the Rams deserve to win the Super Bowl? Did the Bengals deserve to win the Super Bowl? Did Matthew Stafford, after so many years in Detroit, deserve to win a Super Bowl? We'll discuss it all. How does that relate to our life? How does that relate to the Bible? How does that relate to our our faith? Uh, We'll get to that in just a little bit. I want to thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. So grateful to have them on board with us. They've been around for 25 years And the MediShare program serves more than 400,000 members. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. My wife and I, we've been members for over five years. If you want more information about MediShare to figure out if it's the right fit for you and your family, text the word UNPACK to 201-201 or you can go to metashare.com slash unpacking it. All right, Luke, hard to know where to begin. 
But man, how are you doing? The Rams are the champs. What do you think? Well, uh, would like to wish you a happy Valentine's Day just right off the oh. bat. It is Valentine's Day. The you newly know, married man locked right. in on Valentine's yeah. Day. Let's go. First Valentine's Day as a uh, as a husband. So, uh, but I mean, I'm just Quick. still coming down from. Go ahead. Let me, all right, let me talk about Valentine's Day for a moment. All right, so the NFL decided, hey, we're going to do an extra week to the regular season. Did any of them consider what this would mean for us as husbands? I just went three days strong on Super Bowl festivities. <laughs> and now I wake up this morning worn out from the Super Bowl. It was so much fun. We, had, we did a lot of stuff with unpacking it over the weekend. I'll tell you more about Super Saturday. I was a, a part of the Super Bowl of preaching on Sunday. Super Bowl party last night, and then I wake up today, and it's Valentine's Day. It's game day. NFL. Today is game NFL. day. Why would you put me in this situation? <laughs> you set me up for failure today. So I've got to redeem myself. I got to after the show. I've got to kind of rally. And so, I, any advice from uh, from those of you that have already taken care of your Valentine today? I got to you know step my game up for my wife and my two daughters. Well, well I'm so. curious what husbands do because this is my first go around as a husband on Valentine's day, but the wife and I agreed this year in advance, no gifts for each other on Valentine's day. Ah. So we, we, we reached the consensus of let's just have some good quality time together. Maybe go out on a date, uh, but no need for a gift. And also it's, it's, we're also not saying, Oh yeah, no gift, but secretly expecting a gift. So playing no games, we uh, agreed on no (laughs) gifts. So I wonder it's like in movies, it's, oh, yeah, you get a big gift on Valentine's Day. Oh, what are you getting them? What are you getting for Valentine's Day? Is that real? What's your experience been? If, if you're listening right now, do you give your wife, do you get your wife a gift? Does your wife get you a gift? This year, we're so, not, but I don't know if that's going to be every year. All right. So I'm a, I, I love romance and love. I'm all in. I love a good romantic, you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days, hitch. <laughs> I, I, I'm all in. Fantastic all right? movies. I love it all. I watch Hallmark movies around Christmas, not so much outside of Christmas, but my normal plan for Valentine's Day is plan a at least a night or two, you know, getaway with Jody, my wife, um, a, like one or two or three weeks after Valentine's Day to push it back to where it's our own special holiday. We don't we don't get caught up in the you know hike in prices at restaurants or any of the you know, commercialization of Valentine's Day. So normally that's the plan. Now that we have two daughters, the idea of ever leaving the house is very challenging. So, um, so now I'm I'm having to kind of rethink the strategy and I'm floundering at the moment. Mm. I'll say that Jody came through this morning. There was, there were gifts downstairs for me, a little bit of a surprise. Um, Are you at liberty to share about those gifts? Um, like snacks, socks, um, a Nerf, like field goal football type of thing, which was kind of oh, yeah. cool. So I guess that'll go in the man cave. So <laughs> it was very thoughtful, very sweet, nothing crazy, just some nice little, you know, to, to let me know she cares. She wrote me a nice little little note, mm. um, and I I had nothing. So uh, I I had a lot of thoughts on the Super Bowl. So now I've got to reshift. We got to move on from the Super Bowl. Yeah, and uh, and I got to respond. So anyway, there's there's your thoughts on on Valentine's Day. We'd love to know, guys listening today. You know, where where do you stand? Uh, what effort did you put in? You know, how much pre planning went into this? Again, this this day kind of snuck up on us the day after the Super Bowl. Normally, this is a day of grieving. 
Like we celebrate the Super Bowl, <laughs> and then it's grieving to know that, wait a second, football's over. What do we do now? Now yeah. what? This is this is a tough feeling. Yeah. Well, so what I feel like even I, I'm ex- I feel like I can't fail on Valentine's Day this year. Madeline and I have we do our best not to play games and uh, hope that the other person can read our mind. So, like for birthdays and Christmas, hey, we ha- I have a, we have running notes of gifts that we want. I basically tell her, hey, this is what I want. She tells me. I, I want this. Now, there's uh, there's little things I could do, surprises, the every now and then flowers, the love letter. Uh, but no, I, I'm feeling confident this Valentine's Day. I, I've, I've, the gear's turning for tonight on what, what quality time we're going to get together. But I feel no pressure on, oh my gosh, she's, is she expecting a gift that she didn't tell me about? So I feel fantastic. No, that's good. That's good. And, and thankfully, Jody's not the, the, she doesn't put that kind of pressure on me. I'll make spaghetti tonight. It'll be wonderful. So, Ooh. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 spaghetti. We'll is that, is that the highest level of cooking you get into? I'm no, making don't her. Say, don't, don't say, this sounds so condescending. Listen to Luke. <laughs> well, we know about the bar, we know about barf dip, which is two ingredients. And now yeah, we know I mean, about that, spaghetti. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's up to you to inform us on other things in your rep- repertoire of cooking. That's right. That's right. No, spaghetti <laughs> probably is the peak. That's fine. It, it's fair. It's true and fair. <laughs> no, um, no, I, I know. I'll step my game up. All right. So let, let's dive in though. Let, let's, we'll, we'll yeah. start with I'm convinced and no better place to start than with Cooper cup. hundred percent. Because, because I'm convinced. I love this man. It's a day of love, Valentine's Day. I love Cooper Cup. I love everything about what he represents as a football yeah. player. He's a dad, a husband. He's probably, oh gosh, I don't even know how old he is, 26 or something. He's a young guy, and he's just he's just got it figured out from what I can gather. I've never talked to him. I've never met him. But just watching him, listening to him in all the interviews, following the game, seems to have a real genuine faith. would love to have him on the Unpacking It podcast, and so we'll try to make that happen. And I'm convinced, though, this season that he had is the best season that a wide receiver has ever had. I'm also convinced he's still underrated oh, and yeah. still discredited. And it's, in, it's incredible that that's the, the reality. But, but I was looking up some of the stats. So he had 178 total catches when you combine regular season and the postseason. Two, 2,425 yards, and this happened over 21 games. So he broke the record for the, the combined, okay? And then you'll say, well, there's an extra game this season. Listen to this. The previous record for combined regular season and postseason receiving yards was 1977, 1,977 by Larry Fitzgerald. He blew that out of the water by <laughs> yeah. 400 or 500 yards. Uh-huh. And then the previous record for combined regular season, postseason catches was 156. He had 178. So that's incredible. And then uh, also he won the receiving triple crown. He won the offensive player of the year. He won the Super Bowl MVP. Jerry Rice is the only wide receiver in NFL history to do any of those things, but it wasn't all in one year. Those are just, the, he just did all three of those. Yeah. Cooper Cup did it in all, did all three in one season. Way to go, Cooper Cup. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. awesome. I yeah. love it. Oh, uh, round of applause. I agree 100% with that take. I just I hope it doesn't get lost in NFL history though because he's not flashy. He's not flashy at all. If if a flashy player, like I think uh, I always bring it back to the Cowboys. If a guy like Des Bryant did what Cooper Cup did this year, 
forever will be remembered and, and incredibly hyped up, like an amazing thing. I just hope we don't lose, we don't forget what Cooper Cup did this season. Because what you just listed off is so unbelievably incredible. Like, are you kidding me? The only player to accomplish what he's done this year in their career is Jerry Rice. And Cooper Cup did it in one season. Uh, unbelievable. He gets double teamed, triple teamed every single game. In this game, he's getting double teamed and still getting the rock. It's 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 unbelievable. Then mix in that he's had competitions with his fellow pass catchers on who can block the best. He's humble. He is a fantastic teammate. It's just, can you have a better receiver? But he's not flashy. But every game, 10 catches. Regular season, fantasy owners, 10 catches, 12 catches, 11 catches, a touchdown, two touchdowns, 150 yards. It's it's just, it, my brain doesn't compute how good of a season this was. Two things to add to what you're saying. One, I had him on my fantasy team, and I, I had that expectation that, well, he's going he's gonna to cool down. Like, he's been so great. Like, he's going to have an off game. It didn't happen. I mean, he just kept it going from start to finish. And, and then yesterday, even his, you know, he, he really got a concussion, which actually there was a debate whether he should have even been on the field to go back out there to actually catch the touchdown, which yeah. is a fair argument because he got, he got lit up. Uh-huh. Um, but the fact that he did go back out there and catch the game winning, it shows his toughness. And, and then, you know, just his ability to get open. And the one Stafford throw was ridiculous. So Stafford gets a ton oh, of credit yeah. for that. But Cooper, you know, caught it on, on the, I forget exactly what play that maybe, uh, I forget exactly. Maybe that was third down it was on or their something. last, their last drive. Their last their last drive. Was drive. Ridiculous. And then the um, reverse to him on a fourth down conversion. Cooper oh, huge. Great call on that. That was a great play call. Yeah. He almost threw. He almost threw a pass or completed a pass. That was, was his only blunder of the game. That was unfortunate. Pretty tough. Ah, that was that was bad. Um, but no, I mean his his ability to uh, the other thing I was going to say. Sorry, his ability to be not a diva wide receiver, which is kind of common too. That that position in general is hey, look at me. And even you know, I think the way Robert Woods plays, he got he of course was injured for most of the season. Not a diva wide receiver. Well, them too. That's OBJ. what I'm saying. Them too had a blocking competition all yeah. season long. And, and OBJ, which we'll have to talk about too, him going down, he gets a touchdown early, even though, you know, he's still got the personality, but even he fit into kind of the culture of the LA Rams. He did. And wasn't the full on kind of diva wide receiver that we saw early in his career. And I think most of us even started kind of rooting for OBJ. And I think we were sad to see him on the sideline last night. That was that was unfortunate to see a guy get yep. injured like that. So Yeah. So, no, I think that's a fantastic point because we've talked about the all-star team status of the Rams. Yeah. But yet, they all bought in. They and did. these are some big-time accomplished players' personalities. Von you have Miller Von Miller, Aaron Donald on the same defensive line. Yeah. But they were completely bought into the team. All they did was encourage and challenge each other. And they've talked about that. There was no... oh. I, I need to do better statistically than this other player. No, they fed off of each other. So, I don't know. I said this before the Super Bowl. I'm convinced that no matter who would have won, I would have been happy. There was not a villain in the Super Bowl, Agreed. at least from my perspective, especially from the quarterback position. Stafford, not a villain. Burrow, not a villain. Neither of the coaches are villains. You root for them. A lot of these players... You're hoping they can get a ring. Like Aaron Donald. We all want a player like Aaron Donald 
as good as he is, to win a ring. We want to see a guy like McVay win a ring. We want to see all these players on the Bengals win a ring. So whoever would have won, I would have been happy. I need to shout out the Bengals fans. They have to be absolutely sick to their stomach. And I say this after every championship game of any sport. And shout out to Bob Sturm, a Dallas radio guy. He always has this post where it says, when it comes playoff time, there's there's only one team standing, and every other team leaves with their guts spilled out onto the floor. Like, sports is just brutal. There can only be one winner. And how great of a season it was for the Bengals. They deserve to celebrate. And I think Joe Burrow said this great. We got to embrace how it stings, but also mm. celebrate what we accomplished this season, which is a fantastic mindset. Yes. You, you, we have to celebrate what the bank, what the Bengals accomplished this season, but yet they, they didn't win at all. And it's still so painful, but I'm also convinced it was such a good game. And it was what we needed after last year's Super Bowl. A blowout in the Super Bowl is the worst thing we can have as sports fans. <laughs> Unless your team is the one blowing out the other team. But yeah, last man. year, last year, oh, come on, the the Seattle and Denver Super Bowl from a handful of years ago, like 30-something to 8, last year's right. Super Bowl, we needed a down-to-the-wire Super Bowl, and that's exactly what we got. I was dialed in the whole game. It was unbelievable. It- and it wasn't what I expected, so I was wrong. So I was I was very adamant that I couldn't get past the thought. I, I thought for sure the Rams would blow the Bengals out. And sure enough, the Bengals controlled the game. Like second, especially like the second, third quarter, even most of the fourth, it felt like, wow, the Bengals are really doing this. Like they're, yeah. they're right in the mix. And it was interesting that the turning point really for the Rams was OBJ going down. And I started thinking to myself, as like, aren't teams like more expected like to, to, to rally when a guy gets injured? Like it always seems like in the, in a big yeah. game in a Super Bowl, it's almost like, well, we never thought someone would get hurt. Well, no, you got to expect that and you got to keep rolling, but the yeah. Rams struggled to get their mojo back. And I can't even think of the guy's name. Number 18. He, I don't want to be mean to the guy, but the Ram, the guy that filled in for the Rams, he struggled. He had a really tough time that filled in for OBJ. Yeah. They did depth, depth wise was, was not bad. great. Yeah. So, but they just couldn't like they were they couldn't get anything going. They couldn't run the ball. It was it was bad. And so they weren't blowing they weren't blowing the Bengals out by any means. And so credit to the Bengals. Credit for to the Bengals going up, playing tough once again. I thought their magic was going to run out, um, just the way that they won their last three games to to get to this point. But they were right there. They 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 proved that they they yeah. were meant to be there, and and it was impressive. I've got a couple more things. One, I think it's fun or fascinating to think about if the other team won the the different narrative we would be seeing if if the Bengals if the Bengals won the narrative about McVay complete 180 mm. like that's what 20 something points scored in two super bowls from a Another from a, from a offensive juggernaut yeah. that narrative's different the sta- I don't know if the Stafford narrative is different. I, I think that would have been eh, the same. But, but like the McVay narrative would have been completely different. And if Burrow has a Super Bowl right now, oh, man. Oh, man. Way different. Yep. Wow. Uh, and when I'm also convinced, I, I don't want to get into the, the debate about this 
because I think there's enough people debating it. Personally, I'm convinced Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer now. I I I buy into the Detroit tax on his career. I buy, it was a heavy. I I think it was a heavy tax on his career. I think it's. And and I understand people saying, "Oh, it was on a great team," but that's what you need in the NFL. If you're a good quarterback, you can't win without a great team. Eli Manning couldn't win without a great defense. All these quarterbacks, you can't. Most of them, you can't win without great receivers, great weapons, great defense, great coach. I think it's impressive for Stafford to go there and in season one win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he threw two picks, but that game-winning drive. Oh, so that was beautiful. So impressive. Uh, I I just think personally, again, if you don't buy into the the, the Detroit tax, that's fine. I do. Uh, I think he deserves a a serious nod for the Hall of Fame. Now, I also will say, shout out to Highland Park, Texas. I've got to shout out my golfers. So Stafford wins his first Super Bowl. Scotty Scheffler from Highland Park, Texas, same high school as, as Stafford wins the Waste Management Phoenix Open, his first PGA oh, Tour did. event. Wow. So I was watching that during the first quarter of the Super Bowl, and everyone at the Super Bowl party I was at was, are you watching golf right now? You better what believe I am. You? you better believe what I am watching like- golf right now, Ultimate Sportsing. So shout out to Highland Park. Oh, my goodness. we, we got to unpack that. What do you mean? You're at a Super Bowl party watching golf? Well, I had it on my phone. I'm over. streaming it on my phone next to the Super Bowl bingo cards that we all had. Had the, had the phone pulled up. It went to three playoff holes. So people were like, what are you, oh, what are you watching right on. now? So okay. uh, Totally. Trust me. I, I saw some of the celebrating that took place this weekend at the Waste Management and saw some of the highlights and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I definitely was not keeping up with that on Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. So you're a diehard. You're a diehard with that. So yeah. good, good for you. Um, all right. Real quickly, uh, Henry, what are you convinced of following the, the Super Bowl today? What's going on, boys? Um, what I'm convinced of, and it's kind of off the narrative a, a little bit, is that we need to find a way to not have uh, not have one of the, the Super Bowl connected with any particular team. We need to have like a true uh, a true what's neutral. The, what's the, neutral, a true neutral field. I mean, it used to be where it wasn't even heard of that the Super Bowl was on anybody's particular home field. Now we have it in back-to-back Super Bowls. How crazy so now, that? And so now the novelty is worn off. So I think what the NFL needs to do is they need to hold off on where the Super Bowl is going to be until they can at least have an idea of whoever is in the playoffs. Okay, if these people are in the playoffs, okay, none of them can host the Super Bowl. And so, I mean, it takes so long to plan, though. So I don't think you could ever change it at the last minute. But the idea of having one location every year is at least interesting to think about. I I think the NFL likes the rotation because it involves different cities. And it's huge. You know, it's a huge deal for a city to host the Super Bowl. Very memorable. Great for the economy. So you spread that around amongst the the owners. But to me, to think about, okay, is there a place – where it's a good enough stadium. I don't know, St. Louis, for instance, just because the Rams are on our mind, where it's like a good enough. I don't even know what they did to their old stadium. I have no idea. But let's just say a, a team, you know, that you don't have a franchise, but you do have a stadium and you just become the home of the Super Bowl every year. I don't know. That's something. That's some, well, I, I think the NFL is the like, only league that deals with this because all the other sports have series. You just play home, home and away. Is, 
advantage. It's and part in of college, you just play at a pro stadium. True. So, I mean, I mean you mean stadium? That would be interesting. Go play in Nebraska. <laughs> you mean wow. to, you mean to tell me that thirty-two billionaires with money couldn't come up with pooling their money together and build one stadium? Look at the well, look at what the NBA did. The NBA in the middle of a pandemic had a bubble and had True. their NBA finals Impressive. in a bubble. And yeah, so you couldn't mean you couldn't mean to tell me that the NFL owners couldn't get together and even you got thirty two not millionaires you got thirty two billionaires couldn't pool their money together to build the stadium and be like this is the home of the Super Bowl and then it and then you would truly have a neutral field and then that way you don't have any well you can't count L A because L A fans we just found out are really fickle and that's my other. Uh, that's what I'm. Well, that's what the other thing I'm convinced about. That LA fans are really fickle because you had your your home team is in the Super Bowl, and why are we still hearing the Cincinnati Bengals fans more than we're hearing the LA Rams fans? It, it's just such a thing where LA fans are so fickle. Maybe it's the East Coast biased in me. I don't know, but. If you had one neutral field and then everybody come to that one neutral field, there's no home field advantage, quote unquote. And so then you could sit back and enjoy the actual Super Bowl experience. And why are we seeing LeBron every 30 seconds on the TV, by the way? Well, so uh, LeBron, I think, has the unique ability to somehow make everything about himself. He's everywhere. Other people make it about him. He's not the one. He's not directing the cameras. <laughs> he's not. Oh, he's not. He's not completely innocent. But if if LeBron is the leader of the Rams fans, Rams fans have a problem. You can't be showing LeBron fan. every now. Cowboys fan, and then a Browns fan. Yeah, he's a yeah, fan he, of every team, and then a Yankees fan. Yeah, he's 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 he jumps around. He's a bandwagon rider. Um, all right, good stuff, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, it is an intriguing thing. My whole what I saw as an advantage for the Rams was the fact that they could keep their routines. They stayed in their house, you know, longer until that that final night, the game before the day before the Super Bowl, where they stayed at a hotel. So some of that adds to the home field advantage. As far as the crowd yesterday, I don't know how much that factored in. I don't think it benefited the Rams too much, but they were comfortable in their own locker room and, and yeah. all that. Kind of it benefited stuff. Van Jefferson. Do you Why guys you see that? that? No. His wife went into labor during That's halftime. That's right. And then yes. he went straight from the Super Bowl to the birth of his of his child. Oh, my God. No. It, can you believe that? Wow. So his wife told, told the team and the coaches and players, you cannot tell Van if I go into labor until after the game. So she goes into labor during halftime. She's 40 weeks pregnant at the game, goes into labor, goes to the, goes to the hospital, and then Van was able to make it there for the for the birth. After the uh, game, they said he got about an hour until she until she gives birth, and he made the it there of, in the midst of traffic in yeah. LA. Can you believe that? So that there's some home field advantage right there. That is absolutely. That's a great example <laughs> of that. Wow, I did I did not hear that. That's cool. All right, let me uh, let me jump in right now to unpack this. And it's funny, Luke has already used the word uh, a couple of times without even realizing it. And I was with my guy who helped set up my video, uh, Hunter, today, uh, and he used the word as well. And it's just been bubbling up as I've heard people talk about the Super Bowl. And it's the word deserve and maybe the word undeserve. And, and both have, have been used in, in multiple ways. 
just as we recap the Super Bowl and even going into the Super Bowl, here are some of the things discussed, all right? The Rams deserved to win the Super Bowl since they went all in on their roster and did whatever it took to have the most talented players they could get. The Rams didn't deserve to win last night's game since they lost the turnover battle and they couldn't successfully run the ball. Matthew Stafford deserved to win a Super Bowl after losing so much in Detroit for 12 seasons. Aaron Donald deserved to win a Super Bowl after being the most dominant defensive player throughout his career with the Rams and, you know, right up there with a couple other guys. But but one of the, you know, hey, man, he deserves a ring. And then both teams deserved to win last night since it was such a hard-fought game. Oh, Cincinnati deserved to win because of this. And then Joe Burrow deserved to be protected better than he was yeah. by his offensive line. He deserved a chance to, to throw it last night, with, you know, actually being protected on that, on that fourth down play. And, and then, of course, the big debate today. I already saw Stephen A. Smith was going nuts on this, that this is his, his big take for today. That's fine, whatever. <laughs> um, of who should have won the, the MVP last night. And I was sitting with my dad and brother, and we were debating it. It's like, wait, Matthew Stafford deserves to win it. Cooper Cup deserves to win it. Aaron Donald deserves to win it. We were kind of thinking that Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford would split votes and then Donald would end up winning it. But sure enough, Cooper Cup received the award thanks to his eight catches, two touchdowns, and then, of course, the crucial plays on that game-winning drive. But you could make the case Stafford deserved to win. The crazy thing is uh, he's the first quarterback with three touchdown passes for the winning team to not be named the MVP. Really? let me pause there. Who who did you think deserved to win the MVP? So I think either Cup or Donald. Um, I th- So I was reading that the MVP voters, they had to have their votes in before by the two-minute warning. So I think, which is makes no sense to me. So I think if you include the full game, Donald would have maybe won it two sacks, those huge plays. He, he single-handedly won the Rams the game that last drive. Third down Absolutely. stop, fourth down stop. Um, but I think there's it's almost just like a flip of the coin at this point. Like, Cup, you can't argue against his MVP win. Two touchdowns, eight catches, a fourth down rush. It's just he was he was fantastic. I think the two picks for Stafford hurt him hurt him certainly i didn't realize that the three touchdowns though the first quarterback ever to not win mvp with three touchdowns that's very interesting yeah very interesting so uh so cup ultimately got the win and what he said afterward i found very interesting and and so there he was on the podium and he said i don't feel deserving of this god is just so good and and then later in an interview he said I just feel so undeserving of all these awards and accolades. And, and he went on to kind of, you know, talk about his teammates and talk about, you know, the coaches and, and all that. And, you know, to me, you don't always hear somebody say that, that, that yeah. after they win an award, say, I'm so undeserving of this. Most people, you know, most guys at that level, it's like, well, yeah, I deserve this. Well, I'm, I'm great. At minimum, you hear, oh, I worked so hard for this. I put in all the work for it. That's right. That's right. And and that and that's not not that's not a bad thing to say. I don't want to say that's a bad thing. Oh, I I worked so hard for this. Yeah, great. We totally agree with that. But for him to say I'm undeserving, that's completely unheard of. It, very refreshing to hear and and you can just sense his humility oh, uh, just yeah. as you as you listen to him. 
Um, and so, like I told you earlier, a huge fan of, of Cup. I love his demeanor, his approach, his attitude. And, and you know, the key is he didn't reject the award. He, he received it, but he received it with humility, with this attitude of, man, I don't deserve this, but, you know, thank you and, and was very uh, appreciative. And, and so based on his posture and, and just kind of the other topics that we were talking about, the Rams deserving, the Bengals deserving, all, all that sort of thing, I want to unpack our own relationship with the words deserve and undeserve. Because there's so many different ways to look at this and, and, and ways that this plays out in our own lives and, and kind of our, our, our mentality and approach to life. Because you know, I believe there are many times in life where we act very entitled with an attitude that we deserve something. We deserve credit. We deserve accolades. We deserve awards. We deserve promotions. We deserve blessings. Mm-hmm. And we tell ourselves, I did this and that, and so I deserve to be recognized or compensated. And we'll even do this with God because we'll, we'll tell ourselves or we'll tell God that we deserve his love or we deserve answered prayers because we did this or we did that or we think we're a good person. And so we think that we deserve all of this stuff. However, Ephesians says this for uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And so ultimately hmm. God's design and the way he set things up and the way that Jesus was the one that died for us, we can't take credit. Like we, we, The idea that we would take credit and that we deserve to be saved or we deserve uh, God's love is, is a misguided thought. Yeah, and, and so, and so, if we're honest with ourselves, um, you know that kind of approach to think that we deserve something, especially like salvation, uh, is really filled with pride and selfishness, and and this idea that you know we're just driven to be rewarded uh, for what we think we deserve. On the flip side, we also have a lot of people that walk through, and all of us probably have at certain times. We've walked around with a lot of shame because of our past mistakes. Or, or we walk around with self-esteem, low self-esteem and negativity just about ourselves and about life and, and this mindset that, that we're undeserving of anything good. We're like, yeah, I don't, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve anything. I just, and then it's kind of a woe me victim mentality. And, and we feel like, you know, we've blown it in such a way that we don't deserve to experience, um, you know, any kind of blessings, especially God's love or grace. And so we almost reject God's love and grace because we feel like we don't we don't deserve it. Yeah. I I think it's 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 true to say like if when someone says, Oh, God can't love me, I don't deserve that. <clears throat> true. You don't deserve it. But that's what the that's the how amazing it is, is that though we don't deserve redemption through Christ, God's grace, his mercy on us as people born in sin. We are born deserving of death and we also sin every day that like we we are guilty and we deserve we don't deserve any of god's grace so it's correct to say oh well i can't i don't deserve that true but it's there that's how amazing it is because god though we don't deserve it still offers redemption through christ still gives us grace still blesses us way more than we deserve so it's true. Yay, we don't deserve it. But that doesn't mean we can't accept it. Like you like you were saying about Cooper Cup. Yeah. 
I, his, uh, his perspective of, oh, I don't deserve this. I got all these amazing teammates. It's not just about me. True. But accept the award because it's been given to you. Amen. There it is. And so that, that's, that's the reality for us. And the truth is we absolutely deserve God's wrath. Like that's what we deserve. But God loves us so much that he's willing to pour his grace and mercy on us. And we are undeserving to receive it but we need to let go of the shame and willingly accept the wonderful gift of salvation, the blessings that God wants to continue to, to pour on us, the blessing of knowing him and walking with him and, and, and his power and strength and all that he wants to give us. And so in humility, we keep that undeserving posture, like Luke was saying, but, but in no way do we reject what, what God is offering to us. And, and so in Romans, it says, but God dem- demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Also in Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers, is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And, and then last thing, in 1 Corinthians, but by the grace of God, this is what Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And, and so kind of what you were talking about earlier, yeah, yeah, we work hard, but even in that, there's the recognition of God's power and grace that he's allowed us and empowered us to, to, to work hard and, and to you know, accomplish things and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, um, so there you go. So we, we, we could unpack that a lot, but, but I think all of us being willing to evaluate, okay, do I have the entitlement mentality where, yeah, I deserve this. I deserve everything I have. Look how great I am. Or, or is it in humility? Man, I'm, I'm, un, I'm an undeserving sinner. But God, rich in mercy, rich in grace, uh, has, has poured that yeah. on me. So I receive it with humility. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we spend time in both camps. I know for my life, I have, I have spent time in both Oh, well, I'm deserving of this. I get a bad break. Oh, I don't deserve this. I've been doing awesome. I deserve for God to bless me this way. Look at all the amazing ways I've been serving him. Uh, I've I've spent time in that camp. Still do. I've also spent time in, oh, well, I know I don't deserve that. Like, God can't love me that much. Does, does God really accept me? Has God really adopted me? Uh, because I've done a lot of bad things, or I fall short of God's grace Every single day. So we, if, I, I really do think if we're honest with ourselves, we have spent and we do spend times in, in both camps. So it's really asking God through his spirit to help catch ourselves on when we're having those mindsets. I right, got to help return me to proper posture towards you. Help return me to proper humility because we can't, we can't have the correct humility and posture without God's spirit helping us. And we need that. So I, it is taking that step back and realizing, okay, how I view myself, how I view God, how I view how God acts towards me, uh, is there's probably some incorrect views in there because of my sinful nature. And I've, I've been praying this a lot recently is God, help me understand you truthfully. Help me believe what is true about you. Would you just uproot lies that I believe about you? Would you just uproot false views of you, my false presuppositions? Would you help me believe what is true about you? And God will absolutely answer that. So 
Uh, this is just a fantastic topic. So thanks to Cooper Cup giving us a great way to just connect this back to faith because this is a this is a fantastic connection of deserving undeserving. That's a conversation and a what we need to be thinking about constantly because we've talked about preaching the gospel to ourselves routinely, not just the day we're saved, but throughout our whole life. We need to constantly remind ourselves of what God has done through Christ, and that is directly related to the topic of what we deserve and what we don't deserve. Mm. So this is an important conversation, not just to have today, but to have as often as possible. Amen. There you go. So you can unpack that, and that will go out uh, through our, our email devotional, so you can sign up to receive that if you aren't already subscribed. Go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe, and so that goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and so you get the uh, the first first listen to it uh, before it go, goes out to all of our subscribers. Uh, so thanks for uh, your input there, Luke. Good stuff from you and from our listeners as well. Some of the comments, uh, good stuff. All right, let's talk more Super Bowl. Uh, in just a little bit, we'll talk some of the the shenanigans uh, around the Super Bowl. But but as far as some of the the fallout, the storylines from here, um, I will say I'm intrigued that there was some rumblings of the idea that Aaron Donald would retire. That and Sean McVay yes. would break. Yeah, he's getting married this summer apparently. Um, so he said that's interesting. Yeah, McVeigh said he's getting married soon. He wants to have a better work-life balance when he has children, which, oh, 100%, great desire. You and I would both absolutely support that. It just is a complete 180 from the perspective of most coaches. But he's got a Super Bowl. I mean, (sighs) and he's already been linked to potential broadcasting roles. So it's not... Impossible. And Aaron Donald, he's 30. And what? How it's like dog years when you talk about linemen. They mm-hmm. age way faster than you and me, couch potatoes over here. So age 30 for a guy who's played eight years. And what? What more can he accomplish? He's already a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl now, defensive player of the year multiple times, rookie of the year. I mean very impressive career from start yeah. to now. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing more to prove. Yeah, it just it just comes down to these. If these guys love yeah. the process, and you uh, you know, we knew that Tom Brady loved the, the whole thing, the process, and winning, so he kept playing for as long as he could. And my guess is he'll be back. I'm absolutely on that side of it. I told you guys that a couple weeks ago before he even announced it was official. Um, and now we're already hearing the rumblings of that. So, um, so I understand uh, the guys that want to keep playing, and I totally understand the guys that go, "All right, I've made enough money. I've done well with my money so far." It's going to last me a while. Yeah, I'm out. And we saw with John Madden when he retired early after winning the Super Bowl with the Raiders, got into broadcasting and had you know a great life outside of coaching. Um, you know Bill Cowher left and never came back. Tony Dungy left, never came back. Yeah. Uh, Then we saw guys that that left and came back like Dick Vermeil, who now is going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Joe Gibbs went back. So yeah, Sean uh, Payton. We'll see what ends up happening with him. Does he love broadcasting and get into that? Um, but I just found that to be a fascinating thing because I would think that the Rams could actually keep the momentum going that, you know, we'll see if Von Miller comes back. OBJ, those guys were kind of last minute additions yeah. now with OBJ's injury, but a lot of the core pieces should return. And even yeah. though they're not going to be able to build through the draft, 
if they take that same approach of adding the free agency guys or you know guys that get released or guys that are unhappy with their teams, um, maybe they kind of re- retool and the Rams are competitive and back in the mix again next year. Yeah. Um, on the flip side with the Bengals, this whole idea, and I've, I've been very clear about this too, Oh, the Bengals will be back. Like, don't, no question about it. Like, Joe Burrow's going to be there for the next 10 years. I was even arguing with my brother watching the game last night. He's like, oh, yeah, the Bengals. I mean, they're locked in, you know, AFC North, and they're the favorites to win. And I'm thinking, dude, no. You still have the Pittsburgh Steelers. You still got Mike Tomlin. You still got a lot of talented players. You got there. the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And that's just in your tough. division. This is tough for the Bengals. Now, I love Burrow. He proved whatever – naysayers and if anybody's negative about even his performance last night he was great this guy's a stud he's cool he all of it he's gonna be good again but that offensive line is still concerning it's been the ongoing narrative but we saw it again last night so is he gonna be andrew luck where he's running for his life and eventually says i don't want to run for my life anymore (laughs) i know that's true that's very true so there's just so many takeaways one so he was sacked seven times which is a record in the Super Bowl, tied for a record, which is crazy. It just makes me think back to last year. The Chiefs had such a poor offensive line performance and got crushed, absolutely crushed. The Bengals, one of the worst offensive line performances in the history of the Super Bowl, and they were winning in the fourth quarter. Oh, like, so what's the difference? I know. I know. Imagine the, what the Bengals were able to accomplish this season is remarkable. No question. So, yeah, again, like we said earlier, should absolutely be celebrated. But, yeah, it's uh, what a great game. What, a, what an absolutely great game. Uh, also fascinating, when OBJ went down, there's – I think Nick Bosa started a petition to end – turf use in the nfl so um there a lot of players are coming out and saying turf is actually terrible and causes more injuries what is interesting so we'll see if uh if that develops at all if that's the case like why don't they use grass i don't understand that they always have a grounds crew i think i was reading 16 of the 32 nfl stadiums use turf but i know nick bosa tore his acl on turf so He's got a little personal involvement there, but oh, it's fascinating. Art. It's crazy. OBJ in non-contact, he was just running and then yeah. planted. And I think all of us watched it and saw, yeah, that doesn't that look tough. too good. So, yeah, but I'm, you know, that I think the turnaround for him going out to LA, very positive, you know, very positive for him and his career. But now. He doesn't have a contract, and then that injury. He's in. He's in a really tough spot. But maybe, maybe he goes back to to L.A. on a on a smaller deal. Even he wants uh, to return. A, apparently, a, allows them to even even add some other other pieces. Yeah. Um, and one other quick thing. So as we talk about the broadcast, I thought NBC was great. I, I I'm yapping the whole game, so I don't hear a ton of the coverage. But I always know Al Michaels is great. Um, you get my dad, my brother. We're all talking during the game. It's a it's a lot, but. After the game. So Michelle Tafoya, I guess she's done with NBC now uh, as the sideline reporter. She's awesome. She's one of my favorite sideline reporters yeah, of all great time. Job. Great job. But at the end of the game, she's asking Aaron Donald if he's coming back. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves in, in sports. And this, it's, this pet peeve began when Jim Gray used to always ask Michael Jordan 
if he was coming back after every championship? Will you be back? Are you going to retire? It's like, dude, we just we just had the game. Uh, who knows? And even if I did know, I'm not telling you in the moment. Yeah. Come and, on. and so same with Aaron Donald, like, was he going to announce that? We just won. I'm done. Want, want. Like, no, he's not going to do that. So just yeah. don't ask the question. That that's just annoying. The annoying the annoying reporter questions. Can we Come ask on. questions that we actually like you have you are interviewing Aaron Donald, one of the greatest defense alignment to ever play this game after he wins his first Super Bowl, and you ask him, Are you returning? Ask him an awesome question about the game. I know. I what, just, what a miss. What a miss. What Please. a miss. So okay, so non X's and O's aside, what did you think? about the halftime show we need to talk about the halftime show need to talk about how your super bowl party went i have some thoughts about mine i would love to hear how yours went but regarding the halftime show i'm drawing a blank on the reporter's name the sideline reporter before maria taylor maria taylor what a bold take she had as we're entering into the halftime show she goes this will likely be the greatest halftime show of all time <laughs> this yeah what we're about to watch it it will likely be the greatest halftime show of all time which i thought okay well why do we even uh, that's just neither here nor there personally i thought it was awesome and a, a halftime show it's easy to get it right all you do sing the classics that everyone loves sing the classics i went back and watched uh prince's halftime show from 2007 that was cool that was unreal one. considered one of the greatest ever he's singing classics it's it's a simple process. Don't don't try to do this really cool new thing. Just sing the songs everyone loves, and you're going to do a good job. All right, so what last night confirmed along those lines of what you're saying is always bring legends. Don't bring the current pop star. That's not the answer. Like the weekend last year, like he was pretty good, I guess, if you like that, and I, I don't mind the one song. You can't feel my face. That's fine. I, that song's all right. But but to me, the weekend like he doesn't have the doesn't have the classics of fandom and like people that have heard those songs over and over and that's true. And so Who's with, watching with, the game? Who's watching the game? Yeah, this way is way more people than the twenty five and unders. Yes. So we got to. So I thought last night, you know these these songs are from the nineties and and these are you know songs that I grew up listening to and and enjoying and so it was fun and I'm bobbing my head and I'm a goofy guy in a in a sweater. Um, and so, but it was, it was, it was fun. It was good music. Um, Mary J. Blige felt a little out of place with, with it, but okay. But I thought the other, the other songs, I also, I, 50 cent, 50 cent. That was not my favorite part of the, of the show. He he seemed kind of like a throw in, like uh, who could we add? Let's just throw in 50 cent. It was a good ad because he's in that crew and, and, you know, Eminem connected with him, Dr. Dre and all that. But I, that to me was a little bit of a, and then the other thing I always appreciate when the halftime show is not cringeworthy in mixed company or just like for those of us that, that want to remain pure and, and of, of mind and heart yeah. and see. And so I always appreciate when it's not that way. And for the most part, it wasn't it wasn't brutal. 50 cents part. Maybe push the push the limit on that. Felt very uncomfortable. And I'm watching. We were with our community group at church and not that like we're all like friends and like awesome people but especially when you're with a group of believers in mixed ages as well man it's yeah. just like ah uh, like 
Am I am I bad for looking at the screen? Do I am I obligated to look away? Also, awkward, how yeah. how unnecessary? Like I know the, oh the goodness, whole the rest of the show was great. It was. I'm, I'm convinced Dr. Dre is one Legend. of the most swagged out people of all time. Like, well, he's got to be so in his cool. his fifties, and he just he's simple. He just looks like a simple guy up there, but yet dominates. Dominate. He doesn't have to wear flashy things. Mary J. Blige was wearing boots that went up to the middle of her thigh. So I was trying to joke with, with my wife, Madeline. I'm thinking, you should wear those boots to church uh, next week. Get some, get some boots up go. to the middle of your thigh. Uh, yeah, no, Dr. Dre is just, he's showing up there, T-shirt and pants, and yet is fantastic. And I, I find Snoop Dogg to be one of the great personalities oh, yeah. in in pop culture just over the years like when he's when i see him interviewed he just he's cool he's fun and then he's got some some great hits that are are head bob worthy and so i yeah. think this I, I think they they really did a nice job putting that whole to get that whole thing together the stage was very unique the uh you know the la influences and compton and all that kind of yeah, stuff was pretty cool was cool um and it is funny because like me go i went on facebook to to see people's comments it is funny the type of people the the cross section of of people that are fans of dr dre eminem snoop yeah. dogg don't put a, there's no box there's no box for these guys no whereas you know over the years you you have certain like you too i'm not sure you know I, that was probably one of my favorite performances i'm not sure they're as maybe widespread um so they found some you know talent talent last night that that hit a lot of a lot of demographics, which yeah, is cool. no, That's so it was win. it was That's entertaining. Good job. I do want to hear how your Super Bowl party went. Were you pleased? Was the food good? The company? You, the most important thing was it was a good game. So that's checked off the list. It's a good yep. game. So automatically off to a great start. But how did the rest of it go? So my wife is incredible. She uh, she did a great job making the food, and I, my contribution was. I wrapped the the little uh, pigs in a blanket, so the little croissants with a with a with a weenie. Uh, those were fantastic. Pronunciation and, croissants. And, and here's the here's our little <laughs> special uh, special trick on those. We did a a uh, egg egg washed croissant. So then we uh, me I sprinkled everything seasoning on top of these everything these but little, the bagel seasoning. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Everything but the bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's. Uh, actually, I had some other off-brand as well. But uh, but anyway, those turned out very good. And then, all right, normally we would frown upon this in my family. <laughs> However, it turned out to be delicious. And we actually had it last year, and we brought it back. Cauliflower, buffaloed cauliflower. Cal- so, cauliflower wings. They cauliflower are, wings. They are fantastic. So it very is a good. So there's a vegan Mexican food place. Uh, near where we live and where uh, my mom and stepdad live, their cauliflower wings, uh, they must make millions of dollars on those. They are so popular, and they are really good. Like Very the, good. They don't necessarily sound like they're going to be amazing because cauliflower, cauliflower. cauliflower doesn't get you salivating. But when you actually <laughs> eat not. them, they're good. Now, I made my famous – now. Take this with a grain of salt because it's a recipe copied off of a very easily accessible recipe online. But bacon-wrapped stuffed jalapeno poppers. And I ended up eating so many of them 
because there was uh, there were some people in the group that had some uh some so there were some non dairy folks in the group and it's stuffed with cream cheese. <laughs> so I'm torn between oh I wanted them to be able to try it because they're usually a pretty popular hit. Made them at Thanksgiving with Madeline's family, first time with her family, huge hit. Made them again. The Play non the, the non dairy folks learned. didn't eat them, so more for me. So I I had twelve. I had twelve <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So I'm not ashamed to say that. I just camped out with the jalapeno poppers. Um, but I felt very accomplished bringing those. So uh, that, that's Way my to subtle go. flex today. I like that. That's strong. You eat your own. I, yeah, I ate a lot of those little croissants. Uh, so those well, were, It's an it's interesting, interesting conversation. Are you allowed to eat what you bring? Or do you kind of – do you let people kind of hover around it? Maybe uh, take a gander. What, what do we have here? Or do you immediately give yourself the green light? If I'm bringing it, I'm eating it immediately because I know it's good if I'm bringing it. It's, that's a, a really good question, and I can almost make the case either way. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a little on the fence with that because it is always funny to see the person that brings it. Like if I'm on the other side of it, I'm going, oh, you're jumping in on your thing already. <laughs> Why don't you save me some? Oh, okay. You get first dibs on your own thing? Come on. <laughs> But if I but I got plenty of barf dip last night, yeah. I ate it, yeah. and and I wanted other people to enjoy it, but I wanted to make sure I enjoyed it. So yeah. then the selfishness kicks in. Yeah, that's a that's a very. I'm curious what the what the listeners think on that. Do you do you wait until the very end and you kind of eat the leftovers? So whatever at the end of the night, I'm bringing home and then I'll eat it. Or do you want to make sure that okay, this is this is delicious and all right, guys, everybody can eat it. I've tasted it. Or do you do that before you get there? But yeah. then. What if there's like a little scoop scoop out? Nobody likes to. Ooh, wait! You brought this, and there's a it's, there's a piece that's missing. Yeah, that's I, I tough. Can have it. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> this, this has been contaminated. Somebody's already eaten this. So that's a, that's a tricky strategy. It's an interesting there. question. Yeah, because you're only bringing things that you love. So can you, how long can you wait before diving into something that you know is tasty? So it's tough. I wait. I had a little grace period about midway through the first quarter. And then I waited. I, I couldn't wait any longer, and I began my quest on eating twelve. So uh, they were fantastic. I will say I ate a lot last night. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot. I had two donuts in the morning, and I skipped lunch, mm. and then went strong. So you always want you know you want to give a little gap so you can go heavy on uh, on yeah. game day. So, yep. so that was that was good. All right, um, let's uh, let's bring on Henry. And, and Henry, why don't, you, uh, why don't you do a little tap drill, ask some of the questions that, that we haven't gotten to. I know we've, we've missed a lot of things that, that took place uh, the last couple of days and, and other aspects of the Super Bowl. So we'll let, uh, we'll let Henry decide uh, what else needs to be discussed. Uh, so, Henry, jump right in. All right, boys. Now, one thing that we haven't really talked about was the commercials. We haven't mm. talked about the Super Bowl commercials as much. So uh, before I get to you guys, let me let me say let me say this. Um, my Super Bowl experience was with my church as well. Um, we went actually. Well, the Bible says that you go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come. Right. So what better way to compel people than going by to the local pub? So what we did was we brought in we brought in uh, Buffalo Wild. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Brought some wings brought some pizza. We brought chicken tenders. We bought like two 30 inch grinders, cut it up for the people. And what we did was we actually put the whole spread out. Now it's funny because the pub had their, 
their little crackers and cheese and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden we came in with like the mega food and everybody's looking at the food like, huh? There's there's buffalo there's buffalo wings over there. What is the pub thinking with crackers and cheese? I don't know what they were thinking. Yikes! And so I and so I go to the guy, I go to the owner, and he's like, you know, your patrons are more than welcome to share the food. That's why we have it. So uh, and then one by one, and then once the first guy went in there, then everybody went in there, and nice. then. Then they went in there. We all had a great time. We're all talking with each other. We're, we're talking about the game. My pastor's jumping up and down because he's a big, he's a big um, football fan. And then halftime comes along. And in the middle of halftime, there's more food coming in. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that the pub owner brought in some egg rolls. He brought in some more wings. He brought more food and everybody was jumping in everybody was having a good time and so it was it was just a great time it was a great fellowship and the one of the things that we actually sat there and watched was was the commercials because that's what people watch the super bowl for now the one commercial that we all stopped for Mm. was the commercial for the chevy silverado and the theme song for the sopranos that theme song came on and everyone stopped because it was it was the commercial where um Jamie Lynn Singer, who plays Meadow Soprano, I believe that's what her name is, she actually recreated the intro to the Sopranos for the commercial. And she drove she drove all she drove all along, she drove along the same path, she drove along the same highway, and then she wound up with her brother from the Sopranos towards the end of the commercial, which mm-hmm. we thought was the best commercial. So boys. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Well, go ahead. So Luke. let me let me follow up that question with this. Did our fun do funny Super Bowl commercials exist anymore? This year felt like the most like they felt like normal commercials. I, I, I didn't think it was. Oh wow, yeah. I, I'm not having to. I'm not having to think. Oh man, which of the ten hilarious commercials? Or sad commercials, am I really going to have to pick as my favorite? I'm looking for, was there any commercial that stood out as a not normal commercial? I, my favorite is the Pringles can commercial. I think that was hilarious. But only hilarious relative to the rest of the lineup. This just felt like an oddly, yeah, these are just normal commercials. And I feel like there's been a, a steep decline in my experience. So I, I was disappointed. Could part of that be commercials in general are better on a ongoing way? You know what I mean? Like just so our standard is like, oh, well, that's not that much better than what we normally see. So that could be part of it. And we've just seen so many great commercials over the years. And there was kind of a heyday probably, I don't know, maybe late 80s to 2000, something like that, where Super Bowl commercials were better, and well, I even think the 2010s with uh, the nacho, nacho, nachos commercials were great. Doritos, yeah, Doritos, Doritos, nacho cheese. No, but remember those? That used to be a contest. Exactly. Yeah, so I think it's just they're just not as good anymore. But again, I will shout the Pringles commercial. I thought that was that was pretty funny, and then the Robo Dog. That was just pulling at the heartstrings. The Robo Dog commercial chasing after an electric guitar, electric car. Uh, so I thought that was a little sad. Had me, had me, got me emotionally. There you go. So what I appreciate when I see a commercial is when they sell, they sell the product. Where 
I go, wow, that was clever, and I'm intrigued by what they're selling. Even whether I need it or not, I'm like, okay, that that's wow. That that really came across and landed. For me, I thought the 5G commercials landed pretty well. The the 5G internet in your home, like I didn't realize that was a thing. With Jim Carrey, <laughs> maybe I'm a little behind on that, but like Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey was pretty, that was pretty good. Um, Jim Carrey, the cable guy, uh, even the Scrubs guys, um, uh, and so there was a, there was one other one too that I thought, all right, that's I'm, I'm intrigued to to at least look into the 5G option for home internet. So I thought, I thought that was they, yeah. they accomplished what they were trying to do on that. Yeah. Um, I also thought the Amazon commercial where what if Alexa read your mind kind of thing. That was funny. That was clever to me. What about uh, the, the commercial? It was just a QR code and it was yes. bouncing, waiting for it to hit the corner. Yes. Now that, I, get, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm a hypocrite for what I just said. Not a good commercial year. But of the commercials that were good, that one was hilarious because I have seen the what's the normal one where it's in the middle of like a movie or the movie's timed out and you're waiting for it to hit the corner, the little symbol. I've seen it happen once in my life. It was one of the greatest days of my life on a mission trip bus and on the on the little screens that come down. I watched it hit the corner and it reminded me of that glory. So it was a Coinbase commercial. We actually did the QR code. So Coinbase. Oh, they got you. Paid lots of money that. for that. To me, if there's no, yeah, it didn't. That didn't draw me in. I just kind of saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I just didn't. We just kept yapping. So that that one didn't work for us. But uh, and then I thought that the Eugene Levy one fell a little flat for me. I thought that had maybe some potential, but I it didn't work for me. And then so I love Paul Rudd. He's one of my favorite actors. Um, that one got weird. The Lays. It had potential with him and Seth Rogen, but that one uh, it didn't deliver for me. So, so and I love good ladies bag of chips. The Larry David, Larry David, uh, pretty funny. That was pretty funny. You know yeah. what commercial I wish we would have gotten? I think uh, the progressive is it progressive. The don't act uh, like your parents. Yes, we could have. Yeah, we could have gotten a great one. I know. Oh, because those commercials already hit every time. Every time when they've always acting like. They're so funny. What better opportunity to release another one? So that was a big disappointment because Madeline, uh, anytime we're watching uh, a game and a commercial comes on, I'm audibly laughing. And she goes, man, you really are big into commercials, huh? Like, well, there's some funny ones. I laugh every time at the progressive one, no matter how many times I've seen it and the Baker Mayfield commercials. So I don't know. Disappointing progressive didn't launch another one. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm with you on that, Henry. Uh, what other questions do you have for us? Well, we didn't like we didn't like the Pete Davidson getting tackled commercial. I've had enough of Pete Davidson. I don't get it. I was telling the guys last night what what is the what is it? Why are you, why is he in the forefront of our minds? <laughs> Not in my mind, but why is he in so, the forefront of our TVs? Recently, uh, my sister she was she uh, was going. Hey, did you hear? Uh, did you hear Pete Delkis and Kim Kardashian are dating? I'm like, what? So Pete Delkis is a Dallas weatherman. So <laughs> she was talking about Pete Davidson. She goes, did you hear Pete Delkis and Kim Kardashian are dating? She's going, what? Pete Delkis? This dude's in his 50s. No way he's dating Kim Kardashian. What are you talking about? So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, Pete Davidson. She had me thinking oh. Pete Delkis, Dallas weatherman, was dating Kim Kardashian. So I yeah. can't. I, every time I see Pete Davidson now, I think of uh, 
Delkis, who is a fantastic weatherman in his own right. So shout out to Delkis. I don't get the fascination with Pete Davidson. And then also uh, Lindsay Lohan out of nowhere was in the uh, Planet Fitness commercial. And I, that didn't really land for me either. Uh, Parent Trap's a great movie. She was in Parent Trap. Great All time classic. Eh, the Planet Fitness. Not eh, so much. Not so much. Yeah, All yeah. right, boys. And then one other thing. Um, going back to the gameplay of the Super Bowl. Um, unfortunately, we have to talk about the third team that was on there. The referees. Now, normally we don't talk about the referees during the Super Bowl because they're supposed to be the best of the best of the crews of the of, of the year. But was it me or did the refs miss a lot? of well not a lot but poignant calls at poignant times of the game like the last two minutes of the super bowl was a flag fest and then they missed the one i don't know how you missed it 80 million people saw it but the nine guys on the field didn't see when jalen ramsey got his helmet turned and then t higgins and then t higgins runs 70 yards for a touchdown i mean uh, go ahead You guys know I'm not big ref, blame the ref guy. Um, However, I I think they have to continue to evaluate year after year this whole idea of reviewable, non-reviewable. Absolutely. To me, on a touchdown play, every aspect of that play should be reviewable. 100%. If somebody held, if somebody did the face mask like we saw, uh, that should be a part of the convert, like the part of what you're looking at in that review and to say, yes. oh, wait, there was a face mask. We missed that. That's not a touchdown. We can't yeah, give you that. I agree and, with that. And figure it out. So apparently you can't review that, but that, that come on, that they got to, got to change that. I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I don't think the refs lost or won either team the game. Uh, there were no, some I missed agree. calls on both sides. It, 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 was, out, it was fascinating. I did think it was funny. Speaking of refs and penalties, the Bengals, or was it the Rams or Bengals? Vernon Hargraves the Bengals. running onto the field with no oh. uniform on. And oh. no shoes. He's in slides. <laughs> oh. He's in slides, and he's running oh, onto the my field. Oh, gosh. And as a result of that, they get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct penalty. I would have sent that guy home. I would have said, "You, what is he thinking? Get out of here. You've lost your privileges. You're done. What is he See thinking? Man. That was bad. Like, you, that's so unacceptable. Oh, like, uh, it was funny. The guy, my neighbor came over to watch the game, too. He was beside himself. He just like, could, he couldn't get over. He kept bringing it up because it was just, it was just such a ridiculous circumstance for him to, to think that he could run out on the field. Wow. And for them, yeah, you know, and it ended up not really costing them, but still, a fifteen-yard yeah. penalty in that tight of a game, you can't yeah. be doing that. I do that have, wild. I do have one more thought from the game on the field. Uh, well, actually, no, this is another tap draw question, so I'll throw it back to Henry. I'm getting excited. Oh, and one other thing, and yes, and yes, we have to talk about it because it's the L.A. thing to do. What do we think about the Rock? on the field, getting the game started. After all the intros are said and done, we done had the coin flip, we're ready to go, but we have to have The Rock on the field. What did you guys think? I'm all in. Oh. I'm all in. I think I'm like the only guy who's all in. I'm I'm wearing my maroon today in, in solidarity with uh, with The Rock and his goofy uh, goofy pants he was wearing. Um, but I thought it was great. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. I was so fired up i was holding michaela in that moment my my six-month-old and i was i was ready to let's go the rock's got this he 
let's face it, this is a huge game and performance, and it felt like the gladiators, and there he was on the field with the intensity and a little bit of the wrestling feel. That's all right. This is the Super Bowl. Add another layer. He's the rock. Who doesn't want the rock a part of things? And I told you guys last week about you know Michael Buffer and let's get ready to rumble. I was longing for a, a, a change, a difference. And then two weeks later, the rock comes out and changes the game. Let's go. Oh. I'm in. I Overall, it was exciting. I just couldn't get my eyes off of the players are standing there for like 10 minutes on the field waiting for the kickoff. So maybe there's a better way to do it. But I was thinking, if I'm a player on the field, is this kind of uncomfortable? Like where this guy is walking out of the field and we're standing here for a long time waiting to start the game. But from a TV production thing, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was cool. I just it, not many game. people besides <laughs> The Rock could do it. Yeah, no, it was it was great. Henry, did you like it? Did you like the rock? I, I thought it was pretty cool, and I thought I thought they brought him back because if you remember a couple of years ago when the 49ers played the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and he did both of their intros, I thought that that was and I thought that that was like the ultimate. So I'm assuming that that's the reason why they brought him back. But hey, you throw rock, you throw the rock, Dwayne Johnson into anything, it's bound to be better, right? I, yeah. I would think so. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm so locked in. I got well, one more thing from the game, and it is, since it's Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, there was a proposal on the field. I, w- I saw that. I saw that. So, Luke, are you going to make this your MetaShare moment of the week? Ooh, I will make it my MetaShare moment of the week. Let's do it. I'm announcing this week's MetaShare moment of the week is Taylor Rupp, Rams player, proposes to his girlfriend on the field after the game. Now, so many questions about this because his plans could have all gone wrong. Now, it's the miniature moment of the week because, well, him or Van Jefferson had fantastic days. (laughs) Van Jefferson celebrates a Super Bowl victory and then goes and has a child. Taylor Rupp celebrates a Super Bowl victory and then proposes to his girlfriend on the field minutes after the game is over, which is unbelievable. Where did he have the ring? How did he get his ring there? It makes me think, would he have proposed if they would have lost? Because that is a few years ago or a year or two ago, Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. And a Florida State player proposed to his girlfriend on the field after losing to Jacksonville State. So if you're Taylor Rupp, do you propose after losing the Super Bowl if that would have happened? So if you're listening, have you proposed at a sporting event? Because that's a whole other conversation in itself. That is. Me personally, not a chance. The way I proposed was in private. I I don't want a ton of people watching. We had a photographer, and we had two of her friends, and that was it. Uh, I don't want to do it in front of a big crowd. I don't want to do it at a game. Uh, but, and I especially don't want to do it after losing. No, so it's risky. I, it's risky. I, so I'm just, I'm just more concerned about where was the ring and who was hanging on to that. And to me, I never, I would have never trusted anybody to hold on to the ring other than me. And, and so does that mean that he played with the ring? So I've got a lot of questions there. 
my if anybody ever asks me for advice about that, nobody ever does. But if they ever did about proposing, my suggestion is always keep the ring in your sock because. Then when you go down on one knee, it's right there, baby. It's ready to go. So I, oh. I had the ring in my sock. I was good to go. I was all That's set. where you kept it? I did. So, That's so, genius. I know. There's no risk of her feeling it or it falling out of a jacket or, you know, you could see it in the oh, pocket. I None can't believe that. I didn't think of that. In so the sock. when I proposed, with, it's great. When I proposed, I didn't know where to keep the ring. So I had it in the box you didn't and ask. I put it in, what, in my vest pocket. But, oh, and I was getting ready in the bathroom, wow. and I'm thinking, no, it's protruding way too much. So I just stuffed those pockets with unbelievable amounts of items, so they both just looked full, and she couldn't see the outline of the box. So I had my nasal spray. I had a couple pens. I stuffed like twenty. I stuffed like twenty five tissues in both pockets, and the ring, and my phone, and my wallet. So she knew she knew stuff was in the pockets. But by no means could she see an outline of the ring box. So that was the that was my best idea. I brainstormed that morning of thinking, what am I going to do? Uh, so the ring in the sock would have been a no brainer if I would have thought of that. So I'm gonna have to pass that information on Please to my, do. Uh, my my fellow comrades getting engaged soon. That's right. I wish you would have come to me. I wish you would have come to me on that. that <laughs> yeah. could, uh, Taylor Rupp's girlfriend never stood a chance. I mean. You're in the middle of a Super Bowl celebration. The confetti's coming down. Your your boyfriend just won the Super Bowl. I don't think she even added in her to say anything other than yes. That's right. You know you're locked in then, following a win. <laughs> Unless you go. give the fake yes to then say no later, which yeah, is a whole other discussion yeah, as well. That's, that's tough. tough to do. So there you go. There's your, your MediShare moment of the week. Thanks to MediShare uh, for being our presenting sponsor here on Unpacking It and, and sponsoring the MediShare moment of the week. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. You can text the word UNPACK to the number 201201 to find out some information if MediShare is the right fit for you and your family. And greatly appreciate you checking that out and supporting them as they support us. All right. Well, this was a fun show. It was a fun Super Bowl. We're spoiled as sports fans, especially as NFL fans. We finished the season with seven great games. Three One of the greatest NFL seasons we have ever had. It was, it was awesome. And now we've got months to talk about free agency, the draft, all the and other, other storylines. Football we'll, season is never over. Maybe a little baseball over. lockout. That's right. Now we get the baseball <laughs> lockout. We got, Yikes. We got the we NBA uh, All-Star game, which I'm a huge fan of. So we'll be able to yeah. talk about that. With the NBA. Monday. March Madness is around the corner. The Masters. We're at March, no. April. We'll get into this later. I have a hot take about March and April in, as, in regards to sporting months. So I'll save that for another episode. All right. I think it's your favorite. That's what you told us last year. Are you, are you changing your mind on that? We shall see. Okay, there you go. Uh, one last thing. So we had a really fun weekend here at Unpacking It in Charlotte. Uh, we, we did the Super Saturday man breakfast, and it was it was awesome. Nate Sally, uh, Nate Clements, Hailey Taylor, they joined me on a panel. A couple hundred men filled filled the room as we uh, ate breakfast and fellowship and talked faith and football. And Check out the recap video on all our social media pages as well. Yes, and we got more videos, and we'll put it on the podcast as well. You can listen to it. Um, we'll probably take out some of the Super Bowl stuff, but you'll you'll be able to enjoy that. So uh, that was really fun. Had a great time. And then yesterday, 
Uh, went to my old church. We moved, but but I come back each year for this the is fascinating. Super Bowl of it's the Super Bowl of preaching, and I'm a kind of it's like a mock you uh, mockumentary type thing. But I'm like a a broadcaster for the Super Bowl of preaching, and so they had four of their pastors preach one per quarter, and then we do all these kind of activities throughout the service. But they're preaching Jesus. It's a wonderful service, and then they have a ton of fun, a ton of laughter, and I get to be a part of it. And Graham Gano, the Giants kicker, lives in Charlotte. He's a former Panther. He was a part of it. Uh, and then oh. UFC champ Chris Weidman, uh, he was a part of it as well. Cool. They did a, a paper football field goal kicking contest, um, which they were kicking it. It was, it was phenomenal. So, huh. uh, so that was a lot of fun. So anyway, that was that was my weekend and it, it turned out well, but I'm, I'm exhausted today. I'll tell you what, um, it was a, a big, but again, it's weekend. game day for Valentine's day, baby. And Time to catch Valentine's that second day. wind, hold the fours up. It's the fourth quarter, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So treat, <laughs> treat your uh, Valentine's well today. Enjoy it. Soak it in. And we'll be back next Monday to Eastern. Uh, a lot going on here at Unpacking It. Keep up with us, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate the support. Tell some friends about Unpacking It, and uh, we'll continue to uh, grow as the Lord sees fit. And so uh, thankful for the community of sports fans following Jesus uh, and all of our great listeners. So thank you for joining us today. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 